Okay. We're good. Ready? Yeah. All right. Welcome to Peapot. This is Fury, your host. And today I'm here with... Matthew Vasquez. As many of you guys know, Matthew Vasquez has been very recognized on our channel. How many times have you been part of it? Probably like three or four episodes. Three or four episodes. I call that the old Matt. Since the last time you have learned a lot about cameras, your knowledge has been superior. And as many of you guys can tell, the camera is a little different. Uh, I couldn't do that on myself for sure. And honestly, not only that, you see what you're wearing? Like, explain to us, what is this other than obviously a microphone? Obviously, they're like little microphones on your neck, but they're called lavaliers. Um, these ones are Bluetooth ones. So um, it sounds pretty crisp, I'd say. I mean, I'm sure there are better ones out there, but um, especially the ones with cords. But, you know, that's just tech talk. So. It's very, it's too much technology for me, uh, to be fair with you. And obviously, you don't have to disclose it, but how expensive are they? I feel like they're not that cheap. So these ones probably run for about like 150, but I know like the good ones you see on movie sets, because a lot of times, not only they have backup audio, so um, they'll use like a boom mics, and then on top of that, they'll also have a lavalier on you. So those ones... This could range from anywhere to like a thousand or something. You know what I mean? Like depending on how many people are in a scene and you need like audio in it, it could be like up to ten grand. They're, they're not very visible neither. So where do they hide them? Um. So they're usually in your back pocket, and then you also have to realize that people are um, in scenes when they walk around and when they do certain acts, they're um they're choreographed. So, you know, you're purposely showing what you're allowed to show you know you're you're intentionally showing things to um the screen so you're not going to see a, a wire pop out or like you know what i mean stuff like that you're not going to catch them with the mic all all muffled correct mm -hmm. before we get into more details about that um i want to make it clear i think the description already shows but we are here to talk about not only photography films and just in general the life of a cameraman more than that, how would you define it? Not cameraman, that sounds kind of bad. Um, like the person behind the lens, there are moments when I am a cameraman, um, but primarily I'd say I'm a videographer, so it covers a wide range advertisement, short films, feature films, um, and the list can go on really depending on what you want to do sports videography, weddings, you know, anything like it. As long as I have the equipment and hopefully the knowledge on it, then. I can probably do it. And now, most people would say in their careers, the price of the equipment does not really reflect on your work. But I must say, with the camera stuff, I feel like it does eventually at some point. So, a lot of people, let me preface by saying, if you want to start, shoot on your phone. If you wanted, say you want like a movie look to your videos, and that's what's been stopping you, there are lenses you can buy for your phone. Just do that. It's way cheaper than what I did. Honestly, I probably should have started with a phone and just bought like little lenses you can put onto your camera, mm -hmm. onto your phone camera, because your phone is so strong, so like um, powerful. The things you can make with it is incredible. I mean, there's been full films made with phones. So um, take advantage of what you have. And then if you get pretty good at it, or you want to expand your knowledge, invest in a camera. So in that case, let's say your first camera, how much should you spend 
on a camera and not only how much you should spend, but what type of camera would you get as a first camera? So first off, you know, some people come to me for photo or video. So you have to like kind of figure out what do you want to do first? Like, do you want to go into photography or do you want to go into videography? Do you want to do both? Are you just doing it because you want to have fun? Um, personally, I started with a point and shoot camera, which is just no lens. It's just the, the lens actually just pops out. And then once it's done, it goes back in for the safety of, you know, the, can the, the glass in it. So, um, I think those are fun. I mean, just buying a little camera off of OfferUp or eBay is really nice. You can get really cool digital cameras that look like film. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. I know that's kind of like a wave right now with videographers shooting things with like um, handy cams, old Sony 90s cameras. Mm -hmm. So if that's what you have, that might be what you're, that's laying around at your house. I'd say use it. Um, but to answer your question, how much should you spend on it? Um, that's all dependent on what you want to accomplish. If you want to make vintage looking videos, Handycam will probably run you like maybe 200 bucks max. Um, if you want to take photos, you could probably find a camera for 100 bucks or less. Um, now, if you want to do like professional work, then you're probably looking for anywhere between a grand up. But that all depends on what you want to do with it. So, either way, it's beneficial. It helps you create your work at the end of the day. So it shouldn't be judged. It's what other people would call it an investment, correct? It is, yeah, it's an investment. Um, and, you know, your ROI will go up with, as you put the time into it, your ROI will go up because you'll see the results. You know what I mean? Right. Your return is not simple, basically. It's very complex to what you do. Um, and differentiates a lot, whether it's a hobby or a career. So I want to know, what's your difference when it comes to hobby or career? Uh, it's, it'll start as a hobby for just about everybody who does it. So it'll be a hobby first and then a career. Uh, the career portion of it is what's fun and stressful at the same time because you have this, um, this expectation to not only bring like creative side to yourself, but also execute something for a business for someone who's relying on you to not only make something for them because they're paying you, but because they want to see their return on investment. You feel me? Like, so you have to also, you know, give them what they want or meet their needs, whether that's creative, like rappers, uh, like music videos, I've done stuff like that, or even um, advertisements for a, a business. And uh, those are two separate things, but they both... They won't, both want a return. Exposure, more money, more clients, stuff like that. And you had said exposure. I think that's a very important word when it comes to the world of photography. Yeah. How much do you think it affects you when it comes to exposure? Oh, exposure is huge. And it just comes down to being or hustling to make new creative ideas, putting those out there because otherwise they're not going to know. So like I said, it starts as a hobby. So if I'm out here shooting photos every day, editing them, posting them out there, people are going to see it and they're going to be like, oh, this is good. Or, oh, I like this, what he did with this one. Or, um, oh, I really like how you use lights in this one. Um, can you do this for my graduation photos? Can you do this for, 
you know what I mean? Like finding that, that you'll find things to make with it. And like you said, you, you have clients. You have been having clients for a while now. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what type of setting do you like the most when you're shooting pictures? Um, it comes down to what they want, really. Mm-hmm. Setting-wise, my personal setting, I mean, it doesn't matter because the lighting is what works the most. And I right. think that's overlooked a lot with um, videography and photographers. Um, we have a light set up right now. It's not perfect because <laughs> I didn't bring all my lights, but I mean, majority of the time I take photos, I think people overlook the power of lighting. It can turn your $100 camera into what looks like a professional setup. So, I mean, um, if there's one thing you should learn when you're taking photos with just your your phone or like your beginner camera, use lighting. Have a good lighting. Well, theoretically, like you said, lighting works the most. Uh, I want to know other primary factors when it comes to your work. What other things do you look for when you're shooting? Um, composition is huge, but that's just like your overall setup. So, um, where, what angle you put your camera at, what lens you're using, uh, what's in the shot itself, um, things like that. What, what the people are doing, movements and stuff. Like, um, the entire composition is huge. Um, and that's just summing up everything. Like, I just named some stuff off. But, um, honestly, I worked with really great models. I worked with people who really want to be there, you know. So, uh, when I make something, it, it's pretty easy. I think it's a really good um, uh, one-on-one session when I have somebody, whether it's like a graduation photo or like um, uh, some getting ready for a quince or something like that. You know what I mean? Like um, it's a, it's a it really I'm, I can't say I'm like the master here and I just everything just comes to me. You know what I mean? It, maybe some things come easier than others, but for the most part, it's like. It's a um, it's a community that brings it. That's not, that's not the word I'm trying to find. Um, it's um, it, it takes more than one person. Let's put it like all right. that. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned like when you do one on ones. I want to know not only photographers, photographers, but just you ultimately. What do you bring to the set when you have an appointment? Let's say a reservation for. For shootings, what do you bring with you? Um, my lights, okay. my audio. Sometimes I shoot video as well, so it's like I have uh, multiple options when it comes to how I want to shoot it. Because sometimes a video might be just as good as a photo if it's done right, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so or add photos and video together. I think that's really fun. Um, so I add my own creative flair to it. I'd say that's what I bring to set. <laughs> My own creative flair, I guess. And what is one thing that you bring that other photographers may not? Um, and just in general, just whatever you would bring, like a superstition or something. Um, I bring the openness, openness to listen to my clients because a lot of times I feel like, you know, uh, someone with the camera might feel like they know what they're doing and that's Mm -hmm. fine absolutely but if the client wants something and you give them something else then 
they might not work with you again. So having um, the ability to compromise with them is huge, always. It's very superior. And mm -hmm. you have mentioned that you obviously have a lot of lenses with you, but I want to know what's your favorite lens. So that's a hard question. <laughs> it depends. I say it, it depends a lot because just about all these questions is like a dependent sort of thing. It's like, well, what am I doing? What's the situation? And so put it simply, it depends. But um, to give you a straight answer, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm referring to them in millimeters because that's just the focal lengths that they're at. I mean, you can use zoom lenses, which are multiple focal lengths, variable lenses. Um, I'd probably say I like shooting with wide-angle lenses because it makes it look like you're there with them. And so for those of you that don't know, majority of, the, of movies made are made with wide-angle lenses. Right now, you're watching this on a 50mm. That camera right there might be a 35. And then your phone cameras typically are at 20 or less, maybe like 24. So those wide-angle um, scenes you have in movies the things that make it look really professional it's because it's probably shot in like anywhere between 10 to 16 millimeters it makes it kind of look distorted you ever see how like movies can kind of look round almost that's that's what it is and are those quite expensive <laughs> um depending on what you get i mean you can have a beginner lens like maybe say the so one for like an eos canon um they can range anywhere between, I'd say, a hundred to fifty thousand dollars for a lens. I mean, mm. I know some lenses go for like twenty k. And I know there's a market for it. So, is there sometimes like big deals that you find, or is it usually always like in a market wise? Um, I shop for what I can afford. <laughs> to be honest with you, that's what I do. Um, I shop for um, the versatility of it what I'm going to do with it, and how much I'm going to use it. Otherwise, I'm not going to buy it. So right now, I have the 50 I'm using. I use an 18 as well for the wide-angle stuff. And then um, I have a zoom lens that um, I kind of alternate with. Uh, right now, I was just shooting with a 70 to 300 for, like uh, for sports videography, but I'm still trying to find one that fits me better. So I've been kind of um, in the market going around, finding different ones, basically buying and returning them, to put it simply. That's what I've been doing. You're trying new things out, basically, which is fine. Now, I have a question. It's very tough to answer sometimes by other photographers, but I do want to know. Photography or videography? Mm, I think that they're, like, which one's better? Or which like, one do you prefer? Um... I'll say videography. I think that's pretty simple to put because of uh, what I want to do. Um, long term, I want to work in film. So me saying photography would be kind of limiting to what I actually want to do. Mm -hmm. um, you say you want to work in the film. So I want to ask you this. Uh, which director would you love to work for? I'd love to work with a lot of directors. I'd like to work with them, not rather than not. I'd rather work with them than not for them. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I think right now, someone who I think has a lot of potential and continues to show really great technique is um, Cole Bennett. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a music video director. He could eventually be making feature films. Um, if you don't know what his name is, you definitely know his work. He's made music videos for Juice World, for um, Trippy Red, for uh, Lil Yachty. Like just <laughs> he just made one for Drake. I don't know if it's dropped yet, but so like he's he's has a quite a few like really big names that he's worked with over the course of his career so far. And um, he's a young director too, which is pretty exciting for someone like me. And if you guys may not know, he has a YouTube channel. That's where he usually brings down the, what's it called? The the musical videos, right? Because that's what he does. I think it's Lemonade. Yeah, Lyrical Lemonade is where he posts his Lyrical stuff. Lyrical Lemonade. That's not my channel. That's Cole Bennett. Yeah, that's Cole Bennett. <laughs> but he has his own YouTube channel as well. And he also works for a brand or with a brand. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Can mm-hmm. you name him? Uh, so they go by TakeOver. Um, they're... I would say they're some of the best and creative guys I've worked with. Um, not to say they're the only creative people I've worked with. I've worked with a lot of really creative people, like music artists and stuff like that. Smaller names, obviously. But just being around other creatives and how they work is uh, beneficial for you and being a better creative. Like Some of them are like, oh, like maybe uh, I like to, you know, when making clothes, I notice that they listen to music a lot, you know? Mm. Or maybe um, a music artist likes to find other forms of being artistic. Maybe they like write their music at a park, you know, or they uh, they do it just um, as they're working. I, I I just hear a lot of different things about the creative process that can a lot of times benefit me as a creator. Correct. Mm-hmm. It helps you. It pushes you. Go in the same way as they are going. They're pushing mm-hmm. you. You know. So that's, that's good that you surround yourself with people that can help you and benefit you in your career in the long term and short term. Um, now, the, the question that I always ask to people that come here, I would like to know, what do you see yourself in five years? In five years from now? Um, I see myself working on major film sets. That's what I see myself doing. Um, I would like to still do videography on the side. It just depends on how much time I have because um, uh, film sets demand a lot of time and energy. They can be anywhere between 12 to 15 hour days. So, because you, you only have so much time to film. So, um, it all depends on what it is. I'm not in any rush, you know. I'm, 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 I enjoy the journey I'm on, so... You're enjoying the journey, and that's the yeah. best part, I feel like. Without mm-hmm. the journey, where can you get? Um, and talking about the journey, I want to go to the start of the journey. I want to know when was the first time that you shot a film or the first time you shot a photo and said, dang, this is interesting. I want to take into it. Um, the first time I ever did it, that was a good question, too, I'll say. Um, the first time I ever made a video, it's so funny. I actually put it on YouTube. It's not. I don't think it's there. I don't think it's there because my channel isn't there anymore. You got deleted? It must have, because I've looked for it. I put it on YouTube, I know I did. It's called uh, To-Do List. And basically I made it when I was, I had to be in like fourth grade, fourth, fifth grade. And um, the, the premise of it is that this guy tries to complete all these things on his to-do list for the day. 
but they're like really like ridiculous things you know what I mean I made it when I'm like I wrote it probably when I was in fourth grade so you can only imagine the ideas I had then but like I don't know childish but you know I would love to go back and look at it if I could and see where I'm at now and what did that bring you did it excite you into getting into photography did it um it definitely interests me enough to want to do it more um I wanted to do it kind of got out of it for a long time. I've always been interested in photo and video. So uh, I was always attracted to people doing it. And then eventually I was just like, why am I watching? Why am I not doing it? And so I pursued it full time, not full time, but part time, eventually being full time. Which now is full time, correct? Um, it will be very soon. That's Still good. work regular job, but at the same time, um, this does bring me a little bit of money on the side, so it's pretty nice. I'd like to know, as you grow up, you know, you start to look at idols of what you want to do. You start to pursue your career, you start to realize, okay, this looks cool. And you get to the point where you generally want to do the same thing that they're doing or follow the same path. So I want to know what type of public figure aspire you to be who you are right now. So like I just named Colt Bennett earlier, I think um, some great figures right now that I admire um, maybe that I've been in the industry longer than he has. Um, I would say like Oliver Stone is a very experimental film director. Um, let's see. Um, I like the, the greats like Francis Ford Coppola. I like uh, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, things like that. Um, pretty generic answer, I'm not going to lie. But um, I think that they're great for a reason. So, you know, I got to give them their props. And then as you get more into your career, you start to have this feeling of understanding more, not only movies, but you also desynthesize your emotions with them. Mm -hmm. You start to realize, okay, it reaches climax or, oh, I know what's going on or they did this part wrong. Does that actually work with you when you watch a movie? Do you criticize it in your mind or do oh, you yeah. still enjoy the movie? No, I criticize movies every time I watch them. It actually drives me insane. I've been doing that since I was a little kid though. Like I would watch movies and I'd be like, oh, I don't, I don't know how they did that. And then I'd watch the behind the scenes for hours. Like I, that's what I would do. Um, but now I think it's gotten even worse to be honest with really? you. Yeah, because I watch a movie and I'm just like, either I need to know how it was made or I know how it was made and I am like either... I would have shot this differently or, you know, I try not to do it, to do that because I know how hard it is to make a movie. Right. So to, for me to judge is just kind of crazy because there's so much time and effort. And so when a movie fails, it's not so much the director's fault or like the people who worked on the movie. It could just be the studio they worked for because the studio asks a lot of people. They'll be like, oh, we need to have it this long and we need to have these kind of characters and it has to meet this criteria. Mm -hmm. It has to reach this group of people. And sometimes your movie doesn't even call for that. It's like, this isn't a movie about that, but I guess we have to put it in there now. Well, now you ask that, I'd like to hear an example. Um, none of mine personally. I mean, obviously, school films that I've worked on, um, people have... They're like, oh, you have to do it in this amount of time. It has to be seven minutes or less. You know, that's like a regular uh, uh, expectation for short films. Um, but, I mean, on studio films, I, can th I can't really think of any examples off the top of my head. Uh, I'm sure if you were to look them up, there's plenty. Uh, I think a good example is like Morbius. 
You know how people are like like really weird about that movie. It's it it wasn't very great. Um, personally, I haven't even seen it. I just the things people have said about it is like what I'm basing my answer off of. But that's a lot of it that was controlled by the studio and lack of time, or maybe so going over budget, and so they had to compromise with like okay, this is what we're gonna have to put out. Um, so I wouldn't really blame the director or like the actors. But I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe the acting was bad. I'm not sure. I haven't watched it. But a lot of times, it's the studios that kind of get in the way. I mean, Disney's not perfect, so <laughs> right. you know things get in the way. So I thought it was a uh, Marvel, not Marvel. I mean, uh, Warner Bros. or something like that. Um, no, it was Marvel, so it's it owned DC. by Disney. Oh, okay. Morbius is is Marvel. Marvel? I thought mm-hmm. it was DC. That's cool though. Now. Would you like to be a director in your future career, in your career? Um, I'd like to direct some stuff. I think it's not for the week. It's something that, like, I remember this. There's a quote. I believe it's Steven Spielberg who said it. He said, um, the hardest thing about being a director is it's not like what you do on set. It's taking that first step out of the car in the morning before, before a job. And what he means by that is it's so stressful when you're doing it. it. It's extremely stressful because you're thinking about all these things that you need to get. You can't miss shots, especially if you're working on a small set like me. Um, I'm like my director, the producer, I'm the writer. Like, you know, I have to take account for all these different things. So um, when something goes missing or, or something messes up, it's on me. Like there's no one else to blame but myself or maybe... And I can't even blame the people who, you know, I bring on board, like my audio people or like my, my, my cameraman or something. It's like, I should have been more aware. But I think that's what comes with directing is learning about it and just getting better. Yeah, it's a lot of stress, uh, not only what you do, and, but also what you choose. And talking about choosing, how hard is it to choose the perfect actor for the role on your movies? So as of right now, I have a small pool of actors that I can choose from, whether that's students or friends or people that I meet, connections and stuff like that. Um, eventually, I like to do like casting calls for films and really get some like solid actors. Um, and so I, so I haven't personally experienced casting calls, but what I've heard from actors who have done casting calls that it is. Um, like a very nerve-wracking experience you know <laughs> having to deal with that like because they can only pick one person for one part you know what i mean you can try out for multiple parts and see what you do but if it's a short film with three characters and you do and one of them's a girl and two of them are guys you know and you're a girl trying out for it it's like you only have one option so, so hard yeah so it's like one of those kind of things so now, uh, I want to go back into the movies because that actually caught up to me. I-, I like to know what's been the reason movie that you, as a director, think it failed, but the public audience thinks it was the best thing. Mm. I'll give you an example. Okay, A lot of people think Avatar was amazing. Uh, people like me, of course, I don't know a lot about you know cameras and stuff like that, but many critics believe that it wasn't really... Uh, at its 100%. You're talking the about the new Avatar, like with the James Cameron one? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually going to use that as my example. I'm not going to really? lie. I was going to use that Avatar movie. Um, it took 10 years to make. The, um, the CGI is fine. 
I don't have nothing to say about that. I wouldn't even know where to begin if I were to do it myself. Um, I don't know. I just don't know what I was expecting from that movie. But um, personally, it's not my favorite. But that also might be because I'm not a sci-fi person. So if you were to give me a sci-fi movie, I, I more than likely will be like, this isn't really my cup of tea. Um, but on the other hand, I like thrillers. I like I like stuff like that. So um, I'm more I'm more likely uh, I'm kind of biased. Like there's certain things I'd rather have in my films than uh, blue people in in space. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get that. I get that. Um, so what type of genre do you do you like the most when it comes to shooting? Um, thrillers. I I love shooting thrillers. I can shoot drama too. It's just. Um, I know there's a sense of entertainment that needs to come when making something. And like I've shot things and I've been like, this isn't even entertaining for me. I can't put it out. There's a lot of things I put out and I'm sure you've seen. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff I put out. I put out stuff very consistently. Um, both little short videos, long videos, things like that. But most importantly, there's a lot of stuff I haven't because it just wasn't entertaining. You know, there's some stuff where I'm like, this is bad. This is like really bad. I'm like, I can't put this out. But that's just because of you or what the audience may think? Uh, more so for me. Like, if I don't like it, what makes people think that they're going to like it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I primar I don't typically put something out for people's approval. I put it out for, for my liking to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how everyone should do it if, when they start, is um, to do it because they want to do it, not because they're looking at what other people are going to say. Because um, you can't move through life like that. Like, you don't get anything done. Anything you want to get done. You're just, you're living for others rather than yourself. Right. But how often do you think uh, someone that, like you said, does not like, that doesn't care about approval, but how often do you think you should put something that you don't think is to your liking? Do you think that'll help you in some sort of way if you put it out? Um, see, I guess you can say you get, like, constructive criticism by putting things out that isn't very good. But you're aware that it's not good. So like by you putting it out and knowing it's not to the best of your ability or it's not entertaining for you, you're just kind of like, you're kind of just doing it just to do it. Now if, now if you're doing it and you're like, okay, I'm putting this out, but, um, but I'm still learning, then that's okay because you know it can be better, you just don't know what needs to be better yet. You know, like you just, that's when you get the constructive criticism. I was like, oh, you should have color graded this a little bit better or a little differently. Oh, the audio here is okay. Now what are you gonna do to fix it next time? You know what I mean? And I've had those issues like, oh, the, the audio isn't syncing or like something like that. And I just have to learn and watch videos and things like that to know, oh, this transition would have been way better to do. Um, oh, I should have used this focal length for this camera lens, you know what I mean? Like little things. So you end up knowing what you did wrong. Now, according to many sources, it has been said that most people that are getting into uh, the camera um, lifestyle and stuff like that tend to spend over 20 hours a week just learning how to edit, uh, reviewing their videos, shooting, um, spending time on their ideas. So I want to know how much time do you spend weekly? And let's be honest, you're not full-time on it. You're, you're still working, you're still going to school, you're still mm -hmm. doing all this stuff as well as hobbies. So how much time do you spend weekly on your work? Mm, it sounds corny, it sounds goofy to say, but I, I'm always thinking about it. 
so um, like even when I'm not working, when I'm in school, um, I'm always thinking about what I can improve on. Like when I eat breakfast, you know, most people like to watch something when they're when they're eating their food or whatever. I'm watching videos on either how to use my equipment to the best of my ability, or I'm uh, or I'm looking for new ways to edit videos. Like I'm constantly doing it. It's become a hobby and a passion. So like the way you watch like football or basketball or something, right? That's how I'm putting it into like what I enjoy. Like people are like, oh, he's just watching YouTube videos. Like he's not, he's wasting his time. You know, I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm like, this is teaching me something. This is, this is like my school when I'm not in school. And so I always tell people, I'm like, move like that. Like if you really love something, you're going to want to like, say you wanted to go into, um, um, mechanical engineering and then say you wanted to do like work in cars you'd probably watch a lot of videos on cars you like ways to make your car better and then not only that but um things you need to know and i think that that's a it's a decent example i'm sure there's like many other things but um that's what i'd say i'm like if you're not itching to watch videos or being taught more or being around people who have been doing it for a long time then maybe it's not for you Maybe this, maybe this isn't something you really want to do. I think you have to take that in consideration. You have to surround your, your lifestyle around what you really want to do. Um, and as he explains, uh, even if you want to get into it for a little bit, you, you have to watch videos such as YouTube. Um, and obviously, if you want to pursue it, really, um, I think, I'm not sure if it is, but I think it's crucial to probably pursue higher education when it comes to uh, photography. Many people believe that it's not necessarily due to a lot of other subjects, um, such as... Uh, uh, athletic management. I don't know if you know Chris Paul never went to um, university and not Chris Paul. What's his name? The manager of LeBron James. I forgot his name. I'm actually not sure. I'm Rich not Paul. Sure. Rich Paul. Okay, this guy is like a, a manager when it comes to uh, athletes, and of course, there's a lot of people that have gone that way with photography as well that they didn't need to pursue higher education. But I do want to know how crucial is it to go to college or university when it comes to school to learn photography. Because many people don't believe that you learn a lot about photography or the camera when you go to school. A lot of it was from, for me, a lot of it is um, firsthand experience, like hands-on experience. They'll teach you things in school, but the main reason for going to school in a higher education for photography and videography is making connections. Bottom line, if you need a grip, a guy who works in, in the technical part of film, and you didn't know one before, find one in school. Um, not to say you need to go to school in order to do it. You could, it, it really comes down to how bad do you want it. I mean, I'm sure you hear that in sports. Like, you know, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to accomplish this goal of yours? How bad do you want to make this movie? This movie won't change your life, you know what I mean? Like, you can win an Oscar and still be broke. There are plenty of actors and directors who win Oscars and they are still broke. It's not until they have continuous success, you know, you got you to gotta win a few rings to really um, solidify yourself as uh, a commodity, as something that, you, that people need, you know. That, like, I'm comparing it to sports because that's really how life is. I, I mean, like, it's... You got to work hard. It's people working hard. Mm -hmm. So, like, you can do something, you can be really successful. You can have a clothing brand and everyone's wearing it. 
and still be broke because you just reinvested it into the next season for your, your clothing brand. You know what I mean? People don't see those things, but those are the things that people need to understand that like you're going to be down and um, everyone's going to think you're up, you know, and that's just part of it. Like there's ups and downs. I'm sure like you can even use Michael Jordan as an example. Like there's downs in your life to the point where you might not even want to do what you love. You might have to take a break from it, step, step, step back and go play another sport, I guess. You know what I mean? Like what he did. But, um, you know, it just takes the maturity and understanding to know that, like, you can do it. You just have to kind of like it's everything's gradual, basically. You just have to be patient and also want to do it. So how bad do you want it, man? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I want it pretty fucking bad. So, um. I'm going to continue to work at it. Um, that's a funny question. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I bet you want it. Um, um, very badly. I want to I wanna make something of myself in this. And uh, even if it doesn't pan out the way I want it to, I think keeping it as a hobby and developing myself, there's going to be a place for me somewhere. Even if it's like a production assistant or something. You know what I mean? I got to work my way up somewhere. And it's truly a hardship when it comes to building it up in, in that network. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think most of it is about connections, like you said. Yeah. And the jobs are so acute when it comes to big industry. So how bad do you want it, man? How bad do you want it? That's, 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 that's the question that's... you got to ask answer yourself every, every morning. You know? And you seem like you do, man. Uh, I don't know how many people wake up at 7 in the morning and start watching videos about their cameras. I don't know how many people go around and start looking and say, okay, this is what I want to do. All this setup looks amazing. I like to shoot some pictures here. Mm-hmm. And that's a, something. It's just like finding, like, like say you don't have the money for a camera. You don't have the money for, um, and then you want to get into film. I recommend you, you learn how to write or you improve your writing. You know what I mean? I think it's an underrated tool that can make you money. If you can, if you can manipulate words and put them into something that can be entertaining, even like an article or something, you know, um, an essay, like that is something that can take you very far because uh, we're always, everyone has a, a unique mind and thinks about things differently. And um, with that comes with different perspectives and ways of thinking. And you might have what it, you might have the perfect idea in your head, but unless you put it out on paper, they're not going to see it. Never, no one's ever going to know about your brilliant idea. And I, I'm not going to lie, I get told a lot. I'm like, man, I have this great idea. I'm like, okay, perfect. Write it on paper for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're going to come to me, write it on paper. Or, like, show me what you have so far. But if you tell me you have an idea, um, I can help you. But it, it's going to take you to, you know push me to want to make your idea a reality right so hmm. such an art to, to be able to do this and like you said um, being able to write down and get better at a proficient level of English matters a lot so I want to know I'm how in, much I'm, my mind I'm gonna cut you off but there's a perfect example of this so Christopher Nolan everyone knows who he is now he's like the hottest name in Hollywood as a director because he made Oppenheimer, he made the Batman trilogy, he made Tenant, he made um, uh, Dunkirk. 
I mean, the list goes on. He uh, he made a uh, Inception, like made Inception. He made Inception too. Like he is such an astounding director, and he went to school and majored in English. He didn't even go to school for film. He didn't make his first, I think, major film until he was like twenty eight. Um, I know he made stuff before that that are shorter and they might be on YouTube today. But his first major job wasn't until he's was twenty eight. I'm twenty one right now. My first big break can be when I'm thirty. I know there's there are directors. Um, I believe his name is Andrew Purr. He's um, an Asian American director. Uh, he's worked on a lot of music videos for uh, famous celebrities, and um, he said it took him ten years to get where he needed to be. So I mean, it could be a really, really long and grueling way for you to be the next Christopher Nolan, to be the next big mu- music video artist. It just, you just kind of have to sit through it. You kind of have to just, you just know, know that your time will come. And your time will come too. Mm-hmm. You just got to know that. Uh, do you think about it often? Like I said, every day. How long it'll take you? Mm-hmm. Do you wake up sometimes and think today's going to be my chance? Um, I know I wake up and I think today's another day to keep, pursuing it you know like um because so there's some you know not every day i'm waking up and making a movie like there's some days where i'm like editing photos or doing the boring stuff like organizing my i have to organize my laptop with all these different like files you know what i right. mean like i'm doing things but it's benefiting me oh today i need to um you know like not only work on this but like sharpen my mind so sometimes it might just be researching like i might just need to read a book Mm-hmm. And learn something from the book. I might not. I might just need to sit down and watch a TV show, and you know, find ideas from it. Like the other day, I sat down and watched a movie, and I, I watched. I will watch like three movies in a day, and I'll be like, okay, I didn't do much today, but I learned something about the films I watch. You know, maybe I'll go out and research it a little bit after. Oh, how do they do this? Or what lens did they use for this? Who who directed this? What else was he known for? And then I'm like, okay, I have a little bit more knowledge than I did before. And I'm just and I'm just kicking back, you know? I'm just, you know. That shows that you, know, you don't have to every time work, but you can work while you're not. You don't have to. Like, I think we, we have this idea uh, that, like, you have to go 100% hard in the mud every day type of thing. Like, you see those on, like, social media. It's like, if you're not doing this, you're not a real man. And it's just, like, you can uh, still work hard. It's just, you know, you just have to do it daily. It's like you go to the gym or, like, you... If you want to improve your health, you need to eat healthy every day. So, like, it doesn't have to be, like, you got to OD it. You know what I mean? You don't got to do it all the time. It's just, like, all day, every day. It's just you have to do it consistently have a sort of discipline Mm -hmm. you don't have to be like me to be successful like i mean i wouldn't even i have small successes i wouldn't say i'm extremely successful but um understanding that you do it daily and it benefits you is the greatest thing about it wow it's emotional to hear that you think so (laughs) yeah you have like that voice you you carry yourself well i think do you ever think about becoming an actor sometimes, man? No. <laughs> really? No, no, not at all. I don't want to become an actor. Um, I actually have acted. And, um, you know, I actually, I'm pretty comfortable with myself, so I'm not going to sell myself short. I probably could. But acting at a high level, 
in Hollywood, which is, I'm assuming, where I'd probably find myself in streaming services, probably making Netflix originals or something like that. You know what I mean? You know, making something for somebody or making what I want for somebody. But um, I don't know. Um, maybe acting. I've never had any um, actual education in it. Like, I know if you go to the ASU, they have um, acting classes and right. stuff like that. And I'm I'm enrolled in one coming up in this semester. I just, I haven't done it yet. So <laughs> maybe, hey, maybe, maybe I'll find out this semester. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'll find out. I have to take multiple. So I might have to take another one coming next year and, and see what happens. <laughs> Becoming an actor, that would be funny. Join uh, Top Gun. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people who start, who are in film, were once theater kids. Like a lot of, um, a lot of actors I know, or a lot of directors I know, are really good at what they do. At least my age, like the ones I I meet from school and things like that. They were they were actors first, and so it's interesting that like, because I'd say like a large portion of what you do is talk to actors and what you want them to convey when they talk, you know, mm -hmm. when they speak, when they move. So you kind of have to know that. And if you don't, then it kind of limits you as a director. You can know all the camera equipment and stuff. So like I said, um, I try to learn things every day. So if I'm, um, if I'm not a great acting coach as a director, then maybe that's something I need to work on. And right. so... And that's why when you get into the film industry, you have to learn almost everything. So you're ideally working for it. Mm -hmm. And if it's going to be your own movie, like you said, you got to know what you're doing. Exactly. So is it hard for you to understand what's a good actor? Um, no, I wouldn't say it's hard. I'm like, you know a good actor when you see one. I mean, it's that simple. Like, um, And sometimes you just ha you might have to use like say you have friends who want to learn how to act or they want to try and you want to shoot something on your camera you know it's giving them the opportunity and you working with them it's like okay this it's compromising so like okay this line is a lot for them this is a whole paragraph they have to memorize are they going to do it probably not how else am i going to be able to do this um maybe i can do voiceover or maybe i could do something else Maybe I can do this scene and then something else is built into it so that they could say it, but they're not on the screen. Mm. And so it's like, okay, I have to... It's, it's being smart with what you have. Having a good actor is nice. It's very, very helpful. But if you don't have that, um, coming, up with, um, coming up with solutions quickly is like what really benefits you as a director. Because they're problem solving. That's what they do. Right. Like, majority of the time... Uh, the, the, someone will come to you and like, hey, uh, this, this shot is really, um, is really difficult to do. How are we going to do it? Oh, we got we to gotta put this on a rig and we'll take it like this. You know what I mean? Um, oh, like um, the, so, something's behind schedule. How do you want to do this? Um, we'll worry about this later. We got to do this now. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's really like time management so and, and problem solving. And that's why I said earlier about Steven Spielberg and his quote, the hardest thing is to get out of your car in the morning because you're gonna you're ready for a twelve to fifteen hour day on a set making something that if it is not good, you you will not only be putting the studio in debt, but you'll be putting yourself in debt. It's a it's such a big gamble. It is a gamble and uh, a lot of adjusting when it comes to your schedule. 
Uh, of course, you're not a director of a big industry yet, but have you been getting uh, used to the scheduling when it comes to adjusting your time and stuff like that? Well, it all comes down to like, if I need to shoot at night, I need to shoot at night. I might not do anything all day and then um, 9 p.m. rolls around and I have a two-hour shoot, you know? It's, you know, some people have, like, photos is a lot, it's not easier, but it's more simple. It's like, okay, I'm going to go out here, I'm going to shoot these photos, talk to them a little bit on what they want, I'm good. Um, a video shoot, a short film, that could be like, all right, we got six to eight hours to do this today. And then if it's good, we're good. I'll plan for the next day or whatever, you know, we'll get to it. But um, so it all depends on what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. If it's advertisement, you could probably knock it out in a day. So to the people that are wanting to get into the business, um, what can you tell them about managing your time with that? How do you, how would you explain it to them? Um... Like I've said earlier, it's like I really want to do this, so um, like want to be there, just like, just like you want to make money, you want to be doing what you're doing, you know. Like um, as uh, the money comes second, so like the passion comes first. If um, you want to do something well, be skillful at it, and the money will come. But also, you know, be persistent too. There's a lot of moments where you can be really good at something, and people aren't going to take you serious because. They don't know you. Um, I mean, for example, I'm trying to get into sports videography, and I've tried and tried, and I'm just not really getting anything. So it's going to take me to go out and shoot my own stuff of people that I know and then be able to send that as a portfolio. That's just an example. Like, that's something I might do. That's something probably more than likely I will do that, but it's just laying it out there for you guys. It's like, that's how you got to do it. If you want to take landscape photography because you just love being in... Uh, you love going places, you love traveling, you want to be a travel photographer, do it. Do it every time you go on, on a vacation. If that's once or twice a year, do it. You're getting the opportunity to build a portfolio. Maybe after two years, you go on four or five trips and you have all this different stuff to show. And you can start selling it. There's ways to do it. There's plenty of ways. Um, not only is it easier to do it, but it's harder to succeed, I've heard. You know, the opportunities are always there when it comes to starting out, but getting to the top is mm -hmm. such a difficult story to, to convey, right? Yeah. Um, and I want to know, uh, oftenly people that go in careers like this tend to go through that, man, it's not working out. I want to quit or I'm not getting any sales, I'm not getting any advertisements. So to the people that are watching, what would you tell them on the, on the rough days? Because you have those days. Yeah, of course, like, there's tough days, there's, like, a day on set where I was, like, that was, like, ridiculously stressful or something like that. Um, I would say this isn't entirely on the same subject, but I, th I feel like it goes really well. It's, like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you just have to make it roll really well. And so, basically, what I'm trying to say is... Um, When, you, when you're on a set or when you're doing something, um, it doesn't have to be revolutionary. Don't stress yourself out on it, on it being the next big thing that's going to save the industry. You know what I mean? Just do it because you want to do it, and it can be influenced by things that you've seen before. There have been probably thousands of filmmakers and, video and photographers since the 
um, inception of um, its creation. You know what I mean? Since the first camera was made, there is so much stuff to look at for you to be influenced and say, I want to do that. I promise you your idea isn't that original. So you might as well just do it. Um, and that can kind of relieve you of some stress, you know. Or, you know, like, oh, I don't know how to do this. So I'm like, well, let me look at someone who has done it well. And then you do that and you realize, I'm like, okay, like this. I don't have to do exactly like them, but stealing a little bit of their, of their, of the way they do it is, is actually beneficial for you. And most people won't even know you did it, you know? Like, it sounds kind of crazy. It's like, say you made a car, right? And someone steals the body of the car, you know? They make the exact same car and it drives just as fast and it does all these different great things. And it's just like, you just took my car idea. I'm like, no, I just, just made it better, you know? So. Bars, man. Those are some bars. <laughs> no, ideally, your, your knowledge has shoot up, man. I didn't think uh, I get this much knowledge from you, man. I mean, obviously, I'm not into the subject of uh, cameras or anything like that, but just hearing you talk, it, it expands a lot mm -hmm. of, of what I can learn from you. Well, Matt, this was P Pod episode six of season two. It's been okay. a pleasure. Appreciate you for having me on here. I really, I was actually excited because I haven't done a pod in so long. So I know, and specifically, I think last time we did it, um, we were you were just getting into it. Yeah, um, I think, uh, I think for both of us, we've got to become more comfortable in front of a camera too. So yeah, I get a little nervous sometimes. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right to be nervous. It's just. Uh, it's not right to be scared and like back out from it. You know what I mean? All right. You just got to go yeah. forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for watching. I hope this helps you um, think more about what you want to do with your lives. And, and obviously, thanks, Matt, for helping you uh, just think through it. And whether you want to pursue this, whether you want to have it as a hobby, or whether you just want to try it out. Sometimes in life, we don't know what we really want to do until we try it out. All right. We'll Any last words? Um, I'll see y'all later. <laughs> wow. That was dope. That was a good episode. <laughs>